The guys protecting Aaron Rodgers are more important than the guys Aaron Rodgers is throwing passes to. So what is the planet offensive line this year? We got a glimpse at OTAs, but with two players out, we dive in today. You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Flotsam. Your team. Oh. Every day. Touchdown! You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Aaron Rodgers is unbelievable. Just We could just end there, right? What sparkling analysis. Aaron Rodgers, really, really good at football, turns out. No, Aaron Rodgers is so good from a clean pocket. This is something we've talked about over the last few years. He is outstanding when everything around him is good. Now, he's fine when there's pressure and that he's certainly good when he can ID the pressure and put himself in a position to still make a throw. He's not what he used to be when teams are able to actually generate that pressure. He just doesn't have that magician in him to the same degree anymore. And that's not even really a slight on him because when he was at his peak, we've never seen anyone who can do the things that he can do. You blitzed him at your own peril because he was going to find those openings. He was going to find the pressure points in your defense and he was going to burn you. So you had to play coverage and you had to hope that you could get home with four. Now, if you could, that was when you were successful. And we've seen teams do this to the Packers over the years. The teams that have success against Green Bay's offense generally are able to rush with four. The 49ers, did not blitz the daylights out of Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs. They rushed with floor and got home. Now, the, the Buccaneers in both games in 2020 did blitz Aaron Rodgers, and they couldn't hold up. Those guys were just not good enough. They could not hold up against those blitzes. And part of that is, in the postseason especially, they had the wrong guys out there. And this has been an issue the last two seasons in the playoffs. They've made, I think, some miscalculations. And I said so, by the way, at the time, when David Bakhtiari got hurt the first time, I made the case, okay, this is how this should look. Play Allen Jenkins at tackle. They decided not to, and it turned out that Rick Wagner and Billy Turner, not good enough. The same thing happened this past offseason, or this past playoffs, except with Yash Nijman instead of Elton Jenkins. He should have been the guy playing. I said that all week. They played Billy Turner out of position, and they played Dennis Kelly at right tackle because he had been the right tackle, and it it... Did not go great. Dennis Kelly was overmatched. And we'd already seen Yash take care of this. We'd already seen him face these pass rushers in San Francisco. And so part of that is the miscalculation of having the wrong guys out there. Billy Turner not on the team. As of right now, Dennis Kelly not on the team. But the last couple drafts, they have invested heavily in this offensive line. And the proof is in the proverbial pudding. There was I, I put this tweet out on Twitter. That's where you put a tweet out. God, dang it. Uh, and it was it was someone had done a a, um, a research into 
the data of starting quarterbacks from last season, clean pocket versus pressure. And <laughs> Aaron Rodgers had a touchdown interception rate of 29. 29 touchdowns, interceptions from a clean pocket. Second in the NFL among preferred starters, Kirk Cousins at five, Tom Brady a shade behind him in third place at 4.88. Aaron Rodgers was not just a degree better, not even just an order of magnitude better, several orders of magnitude better than the next closest guy with a clean pocket. He had a 122 passer rating from a clean pocket. Aaron Rodgers in 2011, when he won the MVP and set the passer rating record, had a passer rating of 122. So from a clean pocket, he is Aaron Rodgers. He is Aaron freaking Rodgers. The key is making sure he has clean pockets. We're going to talk about where the Packers offensive line stands coming up in just a second, but let's tie this back into the weapon discussion. Who does he have to throw the ball to? One of the reasons why the Packers have been so successful in the Aaron Rodgers era without Devontae Adams, and if you go back even further without Jordy Nelson, without Randall Cobb, when there's been injuries in the secondary and he's had to win games with Miles White and Jarrett Boykin, and he's done it, it's because when he has time to throw, it doesn't matter who's out there. Go back to 2019. He made some throws against the Chiefs. I'm thinking of a third down throw to Jake Kumaro into coverage. That was unbelievable. The touchdown to Jamal Williams, which is really just a heave and hope. That's not actually where he wanted to go with the ball, uh, but it worked out and it worked out great. Some throws against the Cowboys when Aaron Jones was terrific. He made a couple of unbelievable throws in that game. He can put the ball where he wants to put the ball when he has time to set his feet and throw in rhythm. If he has to be rushed, if he has to throw off platform, if he has to reset and throw, he just at this point in his career is not the guy that he used to be where what you wanted to do was keep him in the pocket rather than force him off his spot. Because when he broke the pocket, that's when he would absolutely murder teams. He's not that guy anymore. They want to move him off his spot. And part of that is because if you go back and look at some of those teams, Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, Devontae Adams, those guys are not on the team anymore. And so that's part of the calculation here as well. If, if you're the Packers, you're looking at this going, okay, regardless of who's out there, and they've, they've had to play games over the last few years without him. The Packers scored 30 on a, on a bad Falcons team, admittedly, but they're, they're calling fourth downs to Malik Taylor. They're getting productivity out of secondary guys. And then Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, you're, you're hoping the tight ends can do some stuff. And now you're hoping your defense can, can hold up. If you are giving Aaron Rodgers time, the weapons part of this is secondary. Now, Christian Watson running with the starters in OTAs with Randall Cobb, uh, Jordan Love. And I th he's going to get every opportunity to go and, and make some plays and, and they're going to need him. They need this speed element in this offense, although it is worth pointing out. And, and this is an addendum and maybe we'll go into more depth on this at a, at a further time. But Pro Football Focus did an interesting study where they looked at speed. And they determined that you don't actually have to have elite speed guys to have an elite downfield passing offense. 
and you look at a team like Tampa over the last few years, yeah, Mike Evans is fast and certainly fast for his size. But low four fives, that's not fast, fast. That's not crazy NFL fast. Chris Godwin is fast, but he's not fast, fast. He's not Tyreek Hill. Scotty Miller, even Antonio Brown, not fast, fast. He's been a downfield threat his entire career, even though he's not fast, fast. You don't have to be a burner to be a successful downfield receiver. Now, Jordy Nelson, not a timed burner, but was was fast. And that's part of this is his play speed is not the same as time speed in a lot of cases. And in almost every case, in fact, Devontae Adams was was a terrific downfield receiver, despite the fact that he was not some 4-3 burner. At the same time, the threat of his speed and his speed is real and it's spectacular. It is helpful to have a guy when you've never seen him. If the only thing you know about him is he's fast, that's really useful. That's really useful because the defense is going to be thinking about it. So that's going to help the geometry fit as well. But what you need most of all, because Rodgers is so smart, he's going to know what defenses want to do to him, want to do to his receivers, want to want to do to certain concepts. He is going to be able to ascertain where to go with the ball. And even if that guy's not really open, he's going to be able to put it in a place where that guy can go make a play. And I, you know, maybe I was concerned trolling. I don't even honestly know at this point. But I, I watched the Lions game when David Bakhtiari played. We're going to talk about Bakhtiari in a second. And I did wonder. I wondered because it was a lot of second reaction stuff. It was a lot of off-platform stuff because he felt like he had time. And it wasn't the way that he had been playing Aaron Rodgers. And I'm going, ooh, is this really the best thing for him to feel like he's got five seconds back there to run around and make plays? If he just played within the structure of the offense, he would be fine. Now, the difference is they were trying to feed Devontae Adams. They were he was they were trying to set a record. And so part of that was just trying to get Devontae an opportunity. My hope is that doesn't happen. And I'm thinking in a, in a year where you don't have that many guys that you know can make those second reaction plays and where you really are going to have to trust the offense that it's not going to be like protection is going to be good and that Rodgers is not going to revert to hero ball. You hope that that's the case. But that is the one fear you have is that with with very few receivers that he trusts, especially if someone like Randall Cobb or Alan Lazard get hurt, Sammy Watkins consistently gets hurt, Robert Tunyon coming off an injury. Those are all the guys he trusts, basically. Is he is he going to play 2015 or is he going to play the, the Devontae Adams-less offense that we've seen over the last few years? That's that's a question worth asking. We don't have the answer because he's not at OTAs right now. He he said he would be at, in the future. Uh, we'll see. He said so. You know, I, I don't know that we could ascertain it in in OTAs anyway. We won't know until it's actually all happening in the regular season. But that's just something that that I think we need to keep in mind when we think about this idea of protection as well. All right, more to come here on the show. We're going to talk about the players on that offensive line, what we're already learning at OTAs just a day or two in. But before we do that, let's talk about our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And they have a new flavor. It is, it's special. It is a special flavor. Brownie batter puffs. All of their puff flavors are unbelievable. I brought some on vacation with me and I I love them anytime. I love them pre-workout. I love them post-workout. I love them on the go just in the afternoon. If you're hungry in the morning, if you're hungry, if you're hungry, 
they're a great thing to grab and eat because they're high in protein, high, uh, high in fiber, low in net carbs, low in sugar, and yet they taste unbelievable. I don't know how they do it. Magic, I assume. Uh, but the brownie batter puffs, you know, that like you spoon the brownie batter. You don't spoon it into your mouth, theoretically, but when you're cleaning the pan or you're cleaning the bowl that you made them in, that's that's what they're recreating here. And I'm telling you, it is they're they're really good. They're really, really good. Go to built.com and use the promo code locks 15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code locks 15 for 15% off at built.com. And thanks for making Locked on Packers your first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. <sighs> okay, a couple things with the offensive line. So we saw for the very first time the starting group without two of the guys that we assume are going to be starting. No David Bakhtiari, no Elton Jenkins. Let's start there because there is going to be some concern about the Bakhtiari piece of it. And I think right now, concern is the right frame of mind. No panic, concern. Because we're talking about when training camp comes, he will be 18 months off of ACL surgery. And if he can't go in training camp full go, now you're wondering, is this guy ever going to be healthy again? And that would be a pretty big problem considering his contract and considering the current state of the offensive line. It is built around guys who are probably best at guard, except Elton Jenkins, who probably is actually still best at guard, but can be a good enough tackle that he can be really good. He's just a potentially elite guard. I think he has elite tackle ability as well, but we'll see. Everyone else, Sean Ryan, probably best at tackle or at guard, excuse me. Now he can play tackle, but probably best at guard. Zach Tom, probably best at guard, um, potentially at center. They don't really have, outside of Yash, not a lot of other guys that they could do that with. Now, they could play Yash at left and Alan Jenkins at right, but that's a pretty big down, downgrade from David Bakhtiari. That being said, he's a veteran. He is getting up there in age. And he doesn't need to be, he doesn't need the physical reps. This could be, you know, the, the sort of... Um, the the injury equivalent of veteran rest, where it's like, okay, we don't we don't need to put these uh, really mental reps on your body. Let's keep you safe. Let's keep you nimble. And then mandatory mini camps, pads come on, get him some work, see how his body responds. I think that's when we're going to know a little bit more. Training camp when the pads come on. If he can't go, then. Now it's time to be concerned. Now now it's time to not not okay. It's more than concern then. And maybe panic is still the wrong word, but it's some, somewhere in between concern and panic, like very concerned, nervous, worried. Right now, you're just concerned. You're concerned. Like, I'm, I'm concerned that my car gets rained on after I just washed it. I'm not worried, right? But like, if I see birds circling the car and now I'm worried, now I'm worried, right? Like, there's, there's, a, there's a difference in there. I don't know how much how much of a difference at this point, but it's so early in the offseason that I just it's hard for me to muster the energy to be worried about it. Concerned something you're monitoring it for sure. It is something to monitor without question. Now, Ellen Jenkins, you're fine. Seems like he's on track. Um, Is he going to be ready right away? Doesn't doesn't seem like it. It also is nice that David Bakhtiari not in a compression sleeve out of practice. That is something that I always look for. Guys coming off knee injuries 
Are they in sleeves? Are they in compression sleeve? Even if he's just walking around, is he in a compression sleeve? Leg injuries like Tiger Woods is 18 months post-op. Now, he had a much worse injury, but he still wears the compression sleeve. Part of that is he's is he's got all kinds of, of trauma and, and all kinds of damage, muscle damage, and it probably looks really gnarly. Um, but you also, if you're, if you're dealing with swelling, which is what he said this off season, he was dealing with is the fluid in his knee. Then, you know, you, you could imagine that that could be something that, that he could be wearing. I don't want to, I don't want to over doctor it, but I think not wearing a sleeve is, is a good sign to try and speculate about what that means about his rehab. I, I, you know, probably, probably a little too far on that one who played in his absence. Okay, so the offensive line to open. Now, we're just talking about OTAs, but this is, I think, giving us an idea of where the coaches see the group right now. Yash at left tackle. JRJ at left guard. Josh Myers at center. Royce Newman at right guard. And Cole Van Lennon at right tackle. Now, it might seem, ooh, ooh, Cole. What's up, dude? Cole. He played well in preseason last year. And you look at the pro football focus numbers. They they thought he was one of the best offensive linemen in the preseason. Um, they like him. Now, that now it, him being the right tackle at this point means he's probably no better than OT4 on this team because Bakhtiari and Jenkins are probably going to be those guys. Um, Royce Newman got some some time at tackle. We'll see as, as camp goes on, as OTAs goes on. Um, how much time and where Sean Ryan and Zach Tom are playing. Zach Tom played most of the inside positions, played center and guard at rookie camp. Um, Tom played guard and tackle. So they're, they're, they always want to cross-train these guys because the more versatility, the better. Cole Van Lannan is a name to watch. Now, is he going to win a starting job? Probably not. But let's say David Bakhtiari is not good to go in the preseason. Those are important reps. Jordan Love and the ones out there. Um, it, those are, those are useful reps for just for his development, his growth, because you could see a, a Nijman like, um, ascent for him, a development of him as a, as a seventh round pick, you know, day three pick UDFA, all these guys who are trying to just be developed takes a couple years and then you get an opportunity. And if he needs to slide in there for a couple games because of injury, the Packers are very willing to shuffle the decks, to move guys around and get them in the best position to succeed. So I think it's it's interesting that he's he's the guy there. Now, I, I also don't want Packer fans to freak out that Royce Newman is back out there again. I think giving him the chance, he did start 16 games last year and showed some good things. He Let's not forget, he won that job. He won that job last year from Lucas Patrick. And so that means he outplayed him in training camp in the preseason. Lucas Patrick ended up starting over him at the end of the year, but that's only after Lucas Patrick lost that job to Royce Newman. So in year two, could he, could you give him the benefit of the doubt and say, look, he could play a little bit better and you know he, he's made a little bit of progress. The mental reps, that's what he needs because it was identifying stunts, twists, the games that teams play up front, the blitzes. How is he going to be attacked? He was not always ready for those pass-offs, not always ready to get to that looping end or whatever it was. And so for the Packers, they are they are trying to find a player with some growth, trying to find a guy who is getting better. And someone like Newman, I think he's going to get the benefit of the doubt early over someone like Sean Ryan, over someone like Zach Tom. And I don't think we should 
we should we should be concerned. There we are with that word again, that he is getting those opportunities at this point. He should be getting those opportunities at this point. Lucas Patrick is in uh, the NFC North playing for a different team. John Runyon Jr. is playing left guard and you've got Josh Myers at center and then it's rookies. So you should be the guy in those spots. How does that make you feel about the offensive line as a whole? Well, I think you should feel really good about JRJ, Josh Myers, and then on Jenkins is coming back. I think Yash as a swing tackle is a home run. And then we'll see. Cole Van Lannan, I'm intrigued about what the upside is there. Intrigued about what he can bring. I'm, I'm excited to see him get some more opportunities. If it is, in fact, the case that, that David Bakhtiari is not going to work through any of these spring camps, we'll get an extended look at Cole Van Lannan. And more importantly, the coaches will get an extended look at Cole Van Lannan. And more importantly than that is Cole Van Lannan is going to get critical reps. He's going to get first team reps. And that's not that's not just important because he's playing on the first team. It's important for those sessions when he's playing against the first team. And it's competitive. It's not scout because there's a difference. And so if, if you're thinking that he has a chance to develop and do a real player and at worst a swing tackle, which would be great. That would be that would you'd be a home run day three pick if you develop into a quality swing tackle like Yash. If he can be more than that, hey, now it's now you're just it's found money. And and that's the opportunity that the Packers are, are currently faced with because they have such a talented group. They have such a talented offensive line room that they're able to be creative and they're able to weather the storm of two starting offensive linemen. All right, we're going to finish up here. But before we do, our friends at Bet Online would like to tell you about their continued Prowess as the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball fights, and even next season's NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. And thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen every day. Now go make your second listen, Locked On NFL. The schedule may be dark, but the NFL never stops, and neither does Locked On NFL. Get insights and opinions from hosts, including Ross Jackson, Chris Carter, and Tony Wiggins, plus local Locked On NFL hosts repping all 32 squads. There's no offseason for real fans, so make sure you're subscribed to Locked On NFL on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts. So we're going to finish up here. Um... I got some questions about this. Alan Lazard, not at OTAs because he's still not signed uh, his tender as a restricted free agent. Part of that is he's probably angling for more money. He could get the Geronimo Allison. It's a little more than the tender um, deal. He might be saying, look, I'm I'm the guy. I am I am the guy in line to be the number one this year. You recognize that I'm a valuable piece of this offense. I am a starting wide receiver in the National Football League. I've proven that. Pay me my money. And guess what? The Packers, they don't, I mean, they don't really have a choice because they, and this is very smart by his agency, by his representation to say, Randall Cobb, we don't think is going to make it through the season. Amari Rogers showed nothing last year of any sort of positive note. Um, Sammy Watkins is a one-year stopgap and you have no idea if these rookies can play. The only guy that you have any faith is going to be here this year and could potentially be a part of your future that you already know what they are as an NFL player is me. It's Alan Lazard. Pay me. Pay me like I deserve to be paid. Now, is he going to do a full-on holdout? 
I doubt it. It's easy enough for him to say, look, I don't, I wasn't at OTAs last year. I don't need to be at OTAs this year, but he, he deserves to get paid. He has incredible leverage. And I think he's just using that leverage. Now, could Green Bay say, we don't care, play on, play on the tag? Sure. They could do that. It would make sense for them if they want to continue to free up money to, to give him a deal where in the future, you know, there's some future years here and they, they can spread out some money. Um, now, it's probably not going to lower his number from what it was, but they could lock in a receiver room with with Lazard, with Amari Rogers, with Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs, which I've been saying since draft day fits. It makes sense. These guys work together really well. The geometry makes sense. And if you're Alan Lazard, I think wanting to continue to be a part of what this team is building makes a lot of sense, too. So it's a win-win. Is the deal going to get done before training camp? Mm. I think the better question is, if it doesn't, will we see Alan Lazard at training camp? Now, he doesn't need the reps with Aaron Rodgers. But I also don't think that it would be wise for him to overplay his hand because the Packers just traded up for Christian Watson. They really like Romeo Dubs. Um and Amari Rodgers is coming back in year two. Uh, we heard Jason Vrabel, the, the receivers coach, rave about Amari Rodgers, say he looks faster, he looks quicker, he looks sharper, um, routes look better. Uh, that's a really good sign. And just say, look, if, if you don't want to play, like that's that's on you. We don't think you're going to hold out. Just come play football this year and we'll figure it out from there. They're not going to franchise him in a year. Uh, I know that. So it's it's a little bit of a game of chicken, but but again, not we're back to that idea. No cause for concern. Absolutely no concern at this point in the season. Now, if it gets into training camp, now it's like, okay, what's going on here? What is going on here? Then then you might start to have some questions. All right, more to come this week. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up with the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775. To stay, Locked on Packers.